into another episode of Crunch Time. I'm your host, Joe Hamilton, alongside Theo the Juggernaut. Theo, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. Uh, I would be doing a little better. We're not going to talk about it. We've talked about it enough out there. But uh, yeah, shouts not going out to my Blue Jays. Shouts going out to hockey because we're going to do a little preview action as well as the NFL picks. But before we get to that, Joe, sad news in NFL land. Dick Buckus. Uh, at the age of 80, I know we all got to go sometime, but I'll tell you one thing real quick. I have a story. The two dogs, my next two dogs, are going to be named Butkus and Nitschke after the two longtime linebackers that were feared in the 60s and 70s. Ray Nitschke for the Green Bay Packers and Dick Butkus of the Chicago Bears. So shouts to the Butkus family and, of course, the Chicago Bears. Uh, really sad to hear the news, but nonetheless, we got to move on. Yeah, very sad. Uh, thoughts and prayers are with the Dick's family. Um, 80 years is a long time, but, you know, I I always thought, you know, I thought he'd maybe have 10 more years in him. But who knows? So let's, let's get in somberly to some NFL picks here. You have uh, the Giants and Dolphins. Well, the Giants have showed me, oh, that's right, nothing. And the Dolphins have shown me that they've got probably four or five players that could win a four by 100 in any country outside of the United States. So good luck to the New York Giants keeping up with them. Uh, and good luck to Daniel Jones because he probably will have a weekend or a no Saquon Barkley to help him out again. And I'll take the Dolphins, as you probably will as well. Yeah, I'm going to take the Dolphins as well. Jaguars, Bills. After what the Bills did to the Dolphins, maybe a letdown game, but I hope not. Jacksonville is still over in the pond for two weeks in a row, which could be an upside for Jackson because they don't have to travel. But I'm still going to take the Bills because I think they're a better team. Uh, I, I'm going to take the Bills also. They are a better team, but it'd be fun if it was in Andy's room again. You miss Cartoon Booger. I know you do. Uh, cartoon bo- booger is hilarious, dude. I mean, just looking at him. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, Saints Patriots. You know this could be a. I mean, the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints. New England. This is the first time I think Bill Belichick has really got a massive question mark at quarterback, but as well the rest of his team. And you question what they were thinking about taking Mac Jones. Because so far it has not worked, and it's nowhere near close to working. You just don't have the weapons. You don't have on offense like Bill O'Brien's the first OC that Mac Jones has had in his career thus far in the NFL that is a decent OC. I mean, Bill O'Brien does do magic outside of what was done in Alabama. Bottom line is Mac Jones knows he can do better. He's just a little tentative, a little timid right now. Because he doesn't have that confidence. But I'm going to take the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints, too. I know it's three for three. We're we're uh, agreeing on everything. But these matchups are lopsided. This one, not so lopsided, in my opinion. You have the Tennessee Titans against the Indianapolis Colts. Could see the return of Taylor with Richardson. I think there could be a tandem. <laughs> it's already confirmed. Yes, he is coming back. So, you know, that tandem is there. Is the chemistry there? Not quite. But we see Tennessee, Mr. King Henry, running around like he's back to his old form. I'm going to take the Titans. 
I'm going to take the uh, I'll take the Colts just to be different. Okay. So I don't trust Tennessee at all. I don't. Uh, Ravens Steelers. This has always been a fun matchup, um, divisional rivalry. Uh, who do you got winning this one? I don't think Kenny Pickett will be a hundred percent. I don't think Pickens will be helping them out um, on the wide outside. They have got no help from their tight end. The only bright side is their defense, but they can't score points like the offense is supposed to. I think the offense has been lackluster at best. The only worst offense I've seen in the first quarter of the season so far that is expected to do more is the Cincinnati Bengals. So I'm going to take the Ravens. I'll take the Ravens as well. I don't trust Kenny Pickett. I know I keep saying I don't trust, I don't trust. Well, Kenny Pickett I thought would be a little bit better to start the season. I really, I mean, in the last season, he should be, he should be ramping up. Yeah. And and he hasn't. So Panthers lions. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take some of the Detroit go-go juice and take the lions. I'm going to take the lions. Uh, Texans Falcons. Uh, CJ Stroud is doing some good stuff in Texas. You know what? Yeah, I mean, I've seen highlights. CJ Stroud is making something out of nothing. Well, he's finally found it. You know, I'm not going to use my M word that I used several times last week. But he, uh, you know, he's 2-0 in the last two. He hasn't thrown a pick all year either. And, you know, he's second in that rating thus far starting his career. I think there's only one other quarterback ahead of him. I don't remember who Peyton Manning. No, not Peyton Manning, because he threw a buckload of interceptions his first year. But it's someone in the QB position that started off their uh, career with 150 attempts before throwing an INT. He surpassed Marino. He surpassed Tom Brady. CJ Stroud is throwing the ball well, and I'll take the Texans. Ritter, garbage. I mean, Bijan is doing as much as he can. Ritter is not getting Pitts the ball at the tight end spot. He's not helping himself. And talk about being a timid quarterback. Ritter's right up there, too. Texans. Yep, I, I got the Texans in this one. Uh, Bengals and Cardinals. Come and take the Cardinals. I mean, Joe Burrow is not 100%. Joe Burrow, this is sad. I mean, sad. A guy that's playing injured for the first three out of four games. He should not be playing. He should be sitting. His calf a backup? Well, his calf, I mean... His backups, uh, what's his name? Oh, gotta think, gotta think. Hink, Hinky, Hinky, is it Matt Hinky? Matt Hinky, maybe. I don't know, I can't remember. The bottom line is when you have a quarterback that's supposed to be that talented with that offense now without Higgins, and uh, you're still throwing under five yards per attempt. You're not doing yourself any – you're shrinking. You're becoming that shell zone where a cover two doesn't even matter. There are so many people in that front box against Cincinnati that they can't throw the long ball. They can't spread the ball. Jamar Chase says he's open. Well, he can't be open because there's twelve other, or 11 other guys on the opposite field covering him. He's in triple coverage every single time because the ball and the O-line can't protect Burrow enough to extend the play. And Burrow can't extend the play because he can't escape a pocket. So until they figure out what's going on in QB land and QB1 in Cincinnati, soft zone, short zone, put everybody, put 10 in the box, bet against the Bengals. 
I'm going Cardinals as well. I can't believe I'm going to pick against the Bengals. But, yeah, their mismanagement of Joe Burrow right now is really worrying me. They've scored six points in his last two games. Well, and it's, it's, it's not just that, Theo. I mean, they could ruin this guy. They keep playing him like this. Absolutely. I mean, this is – When I looked at that score last week and saw they only scored three points, mm-hmm. why, why even put him out there? That's he's, that he's is in- a very good question. Very good question. Eagles Rams could be interesting because this is in LA. Matt Stafford can throw the ball. He doesn't have Cooper Cup yet, but having him back on the practice roster is a big deal. I don't think he's going to play this weekend with the hamstring. But uh, I mean, watch Matt Stafford throw the ball. And Philly had to win an overtime last week. A little bit of a scare. They're still undefeated. But this might be more a lot closer than you think. And I'm going to take the upset and take L.A. I'm going to take the Eagles to be different. And I think they're going to figure out everything. Because L.A., I don't know about them on defense yet. I don't know what their identity on defense is yet. Okay. So I'm going to go Eagles on this one. Got the Jets and Broncos. Ooh. Broncos. Showed something last week against, I mean, the Chicago Bears. Come on. No, they're not going to come back after 17 down or 21 down against another team. And I think the Jets have a phenomenal defense. Uh, You want to talk about a set of ball hawks in the secondary? They're putting pressure up front. I'm going to take the Jets. But, Theo, the the one big question is, what is Zach Wilson? We don't see... And we don't know who Zach Wilson is yet. Uh, I mean, he's played three and a half games or three, four games minus four snaps. Uh, last game, they said that he matured a great deal. Do I agree? We know Zach Wilson can throw the ball well. He can pinpoint accuracy. The issue is, or the issue this weekend that isn't there in the past, is the Denver Broncos don't score a lot of points. And against the Jets' defense, I don't expect them to score more than 16. So, New York, Zach Wilson, can you score more than 16 points? And I think they can. Okay. So, you got the Jets? I do. I got the I got the Broncos. So, uh, Chiefs and Vikings. Now, before we make this pick, did you can you sit here and tell me, Theo, that um, – the Vi- can you sit here and tell me you saw this coming from the Vikings? Can you? Can you? Because this was a team that was dubbed as being one of the best in this in this division. We've all heard the Packers are going to take a step back, but we heard this team is going to take a step forward. And so far, I haven't seen shit from this team. You know, it's I mean, Kirk Cousins leading the league in touchdown passes. Kirk Cousins leading the league in yards thrown. Uh I mean, their red zone efficiency is okay. Their record is not indicative of how good their offense has been playing. But last weekend, Harrison Smith kind of turned the corner with that Viking defense and packed a huge punch for that uh, sack, force fumble, touchdown for the Vikings to secure the W. Now you're playing against Kansas City. Kansas City, you know, is that enigma team. We all know about everything about them. You know, 
the Swifty cool, this all this jazz. But here's the thing: Minnesota's won one now, and last, like you said, last year they won eight. They were eight and zero with games within five points, and this year they're on the other side of that. It's not that they've lost games by a massive amount. It's just that they're not quite good enough right now to get over that hump. Kansas City might lose their second game of the year already. It could happen. So I'll take the Vikings. You're going to pick the Vikings over the Chiefs. I'm taking the Vikings. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going Kansas City. I don't see that happening. You know, this next game, this is the perfect game for a Sunday night, I think. You have... The Cowboys and the 49ers. Big time rivalry. I mean, big time. You go back, watch countless playoff games, Joe Montana, Charlie Aikman, all, all these guys. Great rivalry. Steve Young has come out and said he wants nothing. I mean, after Trey Lance was picked up this offseason by Dallas, there's no reason why a 49ers should go play for the Cowboys. Steve Young has come out. And I love that about Steve Young. You mentioned, I agree. You mentioned Joe Montana. Who can forget Terrell Owens standing on the star? I mean, there's animosity, there's pandemonium, there's pandemic on both teams just hating each other. They're vile. I mean, outside of snapping something into the liquid of the Gatorade on each team's bench, uh, this could be a free-for-all. But they're <laughs> playing right now. Uh, Diggs is a massive hole in that secondary. Debo Samuel's a bit injured right now, dealing with some rib issue. But the weapons and the fact that Christian McCaffrey is able to score touchdowns at will still, I think that's going to be an X factor that Dallas has to deal with. Now, if you cover Christian McCaffrey, what about George Kittle? What about Brandon Ayuk? What about Debo Samuel? There are more weapons for San Francisco, and I think Dak Prescott really needs to find a way to utilize and stretch with Cooks and Gallup. I think that's going to be the key to give Dallas a victory. Now, it's a toss-up for me. I'm going to take San Francisco, but the speed at the wideout for Dallas hasn't been used enough. They're not stretching the long ball enough. Okay. Since you said that, you forgot one player there, C.D. Lamb. So CeeDee Lamb comes in between. I mean, you got Pollard for the dip outs, Pollard for the running. Okay, that's your short plays. You should be using Brooks and Gallup to spread the field. Gallup can run like the wind. Okay, he could probably challenge a lot of players for the fastest speed on the field. So when that ball, when those players stretch 30, 40 yards, there should be some inside out, out and ins, ins and outs, posts, for C.D. Lamb to be open with. And if you're going man, that's C.D. Lamb territory. If you're going zone, C.D. Lamb has to know how to sit inside a zone spot instead of running through one. I think he's smart enough to do that. Remains to be seen. But if you're not stretching the field with Cooks and Gallup, you're not doing the Dallas Cowboy offense help. And Dak Prescott and McCarthy better start doing that soon. All right, so... Man, I want to choose the 49ers because Purdy's my fantasy quarterback. But uh, I'll take the Cowboys. You take the Niners. Go ahead. I'll take the Niners. I'll take Cowboys. All righty. All righty. 
Uh, you got the Packers and Raiders on Monday night. You know, my Packers can't stop the run on offense or on defense. They uh, no no one in the NFL knows how to tackle anymore. No, very good point, Joe. Very good. Like point. nobody knows how to tackle anymore. I mean, even when the St. Louis Rams were here, when they were the St. Louis Rams. It goes back to then. But that was almost 10 years ago now. You know, I, I like – I'm. you're still going to take your Packers because Jimmy G – I am. Not, I am. Jimmy G's but... not going to be 100%. And Josh Jacobs will run, but that's a one-dimensional offense right now. I mean, granted, Devontae Adams is sick. I mean – that's that's the thing. I could see Adams cooking this defense. Yeah, for the, for the Packers. I, I mean, I could that's see him. There used to be a lot lethal, more lethal. Oh man, I'll be in my Jordan Love jersey and rooting on the Packers. But man, this is I gonna be tough. I can't take the Raiders. No, I can't. Well, and you know, I just hope that the Packers have a better game than what they showed on Thursday night last week. Yikes. I mean, that was that was absolute trash, Theo. I don't know if you watched that, but. Well, I just say I'd stopped. I turned the TV off. Yeah, because the uh, I thought you know you know how we talk about these Thursday Thursday night games not being games that anyone wants to watch. That was a game I thought that meant to be on Thursday night or Sunday night or Monday yeah. night because a big time rivalry. We know what the Packers have been. We know what the De uh, Detroit Lions will be. And they have been at least early on this season. They got the right coach. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be really fun. Next time the Packers face the uh, uh, Lions, by the way, Thanksgiving morning in Lambeau, Thanks or Detroit, in, in Detroit. Yeah, that will be fun, man. So yeah, I'm taking the Packers. Okay. All righty, there are picks. Um, hopefully. We'll have to keep track of these because I want to see how dramatically wrong or dramatically right we are. Yeah, I agree. You so, gotta keep them down. Keep them down. Yep. Let's let's go to the NHL because the season starts on Tuesday night. Um, let's start in the Eastern Conference and the Atlantic Division. I was watching something. I I think I was watching a reel. From Spit and Chicklets. And yeah, I don't like to name drop shows on this show, but at the same time, it's Spit and Chicklets. I mean, that's probably one of the best hockey shows out there. Um, the Boston Bruins. I mean, actually, no. Let's start with the Pittsburgh Penguins, not Boston. Are they built for a cup run? Well, I mean, Kyle Dubas has decided to put offense heavy first and sacrifice defense. We know Eric Carlson is not a defensive defenseman. But he is the reigning Norris trophy with close to 100 over 100 points. And you have aging Latang, Crosby and Malkin. And you've committed to your goaltender. Pretty big pieces already confirmed. The question is can the utility players and their supporting cast do what they need to do? And if they're I think they only have a, a year or two window here before they do break it all up. 
put the band out of the out of play. I mean, you're not going to see a Pittsburgh program as potent as recent years, unless it's going to be the rest of this year. I think they could if they're healthy. I'm not going to say who's going to win a cup. I'm not going to do because you've got injuries and health and, you know, lots of things can happen between now and June. But on paper, the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think, are a top four team in the East. Top four team in the East, really? Yes. Wow. Yep. Uh, wow. I don't know, man, because they are an old roster. And you know how speed and skill are the number one game in the NHL now? Yeah, I mean, you need a couple guys there to protect players. But I don't know if their speed and skill is still there. I think I think getting Carlson was a big deal because now you have two. Whether you put Carlson and Latang together, you separate the two of them. You have a you truly have like an old school NHL EA Sports scoring line scoring two system. And yeah, I mean they're built they're built to win now versus three years from now. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean they didn't really do a good job to replenish. Uh, it's going to be a hard fall for Pittsburgh in the next few years. I'm telling you, um, they they really needed to be ready for life after Crosby and Malkin, but they're not. No, I don't so, think they're ready to do that either. I think what they'll do is, well, I don't know what they'll do, but yeah. Let's go from one. Go ahead. Top four. Top four. Let's go from one old team to another in the same metropolitan division. Uh, the Washington Capitals. You just re-inked your sniper to another five-year contract, at least either last year or the year before, so we can get to Gretzky's record. But how much does that take away from the rest of the team? I think it'll be a distraction until it finally gets finished be honest with you. It's not going to happen in the next year or two. It'll probably take three more years at the pace that Ovi's going at. I mean, he's he's capping between, I'll say, 37 to 45 this year. Will he get the same next year? Probably not. Uh, it's going to go down year to year. Yeah, I don't. it's going to go down. Whether or not it takes two or three years will be made to be seen. I think what the issue in Washington is the back end. Like, outside of Carlson on the back end, Again, an offensive-minded defenseman. Their net-minding was not spectacular last year, and they did not correct it on the offseason. So you're relying on a power play and Backstrom, Oshie, and a little bit of uh, you know sandpaper. I'm not going to mention his name, TW, because I don't find him very appealing. Uh, all I'm you know he's only 29 years old? So? No, I, I was listening to something the other day. It's amazing that he's only 29. It seems like he's been in the league forever. No, he's been suspended forever. Well, that's that true. That too. <laughs> yeah, that, takes years off. that takes years off his career. That, that, I mean, that, just, I don't, I don't, don't find it, I don't find his game appealing. Sorry. So what do you have this team doing? I mean. I'm going to be honest. I, I see them maybe making the playoffs. A wild card spot at best. Okay. Okay. 
Let's go from an old team to a young team, shall we? The Carolina Hurricanes. The Carolina Hurricanes. This team is ready for a Stanley Cup run. I'm telling you right now. I, I like everything they have. And one of my favorite players is on that team, Theo. I, I, I think he's still on that team. Sebastian Ajo, obviously. Is Tavo still on that team? Tavo Yeah. Yes. So he's they, they have a really there. good. Yeah, they young talent is in abundance. Solid defensive core is there. The net mining, I mean, it's there. Uh, I think the key to it is the buy-in that Rob Brindamore is cooking. And we saw last year how good it was, how steady they were, how consistent they were. It's consistent play and what Rod Brindamore is preaching to the Hurricane. Yeah. That is the key to Carolina because they are a young group. They are understanding what needs to get done and what doesn't get done. And Brindamore doesn't put up with anything. So do I think they're cup worthy? Yeah, they're in that top four conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they're top two in this division. Okay. Top two in this division. Uh, the Now the Columbus Blue Jackets. I really don't know what the, where this team is at this point. I, I don't know if they're ready to contend for at least a playoff spot. I don't... It's hard for me to gauge where the Columbus Blue Jackets are. Likewise. Uh, they were riddled with injury last year. Uh, two players that were supposed to get together and really bond and build chemistry didn't. Uh, Zach Renske was injured for a little bit. Solid on the defensive side of things. Just the work ethic was not there. And let's be honest. we Something we didn't touch on and we're probably not going to touch on right now. Their head coaching position and their organization is in shambles at the top because they don't have a primary direction in which way they want to go or should go with this crew. I mean, your captain, turmoil, gets coach relieved. Now what? And the question mark is still up. I don't think they make the playoffs, to be honest with you. I don't think so either. Too much to overcome for them, uh, both um, game-wise and in the locker room. Uh, you have the New Jersey Devils. This is a we talk about young talent with Carolina. This team, <laughs> this team is going to be fun to watch, man. How you explain the beginning of this part of the show, Joe, and how speed and talent is killing this NHL right now? The New Jersey Devils are culprit number one they are menacing with speed menacing with talent and the new york rangers saw that in the first round of the playoffs where you looked at the veterans and the skill and the past history of those players in new york last playoff run i mean new jersey picked up a load of confidence last year and you know one of their big offseason or big inserts will be a top-end goaltender if they're near a playoff run or in a playoff hunt, they will be looking at net mining by the trade deadline without a question. Yeah, goaltending is going to be their biggest issue, and I think they uh, 
they will solve that before year's end. Maybe not solve that, but they'll solidify it a little bit more. Um, the Islanders, New York Islanders. This team's old and not really inspiring. Um, if Matt Barzell, I'd like to see him have a good year. I mean, there is Casey Sezikis. There, there isn't real... I'm not bullish on this team. But in this division, I could see them being a top three team. Because there's only really two teams in this division I could see even doing anything. No, I think especially, the- especially like top three wise. Yeah, I think what you're looking for is the identity the New York Islanders are and who are they. I mean, Matty Barzell is not a guy that will be your 200-foot dump and chase, hard hitter, go into the corner kind of guy. Casey Zizekas is that. You also forgot about Bo Horvath, who was traded for last year. And Right, right. And so when I look at what Bo does and what he brings to that offense and that defense, because he is, he is a very good two-way center. You know, he wore a C in Vancouver for a reason. I mean, that him and Barzell's chemistry is going to be key to how well this Islanders group works. I think they do have solid goaltending that was not anywhere near what they expected last year. So maybe this things will settle down a little bit in the Long Island area. And I could see them being one of those wild card teams, perhaps. All right. I mean, wild card team at best. This is a, a uh, again, I talk about speed. And if you're going to win in today's NHL, you need to have speed. And I don't know where there is is at this point. Um, we got two more teams in this division. Two teams that I really, I especially one team. Let's go to Philadelphia. I was going to go to the other side of New York, but let's go to Philadelphia first. Because for the life of me, I don't even know what the hell they're doing. They're right up there with New York, the Islanders. I mean, uh, their nemesis has been their goaltending and the image they have between the pipes for the last eight years. I mean, they've hung their hat on Carter Hart. They hope he's going to be the guy sooner rather than later. But they've been hoping that for a long time, Theo. I know they have. And you know what? You can't expect. Here's the thing. I mean, what what the worst thing is in the NHL, one of the worst things in the NHL right now is the expectation for netminders to be unbelievable at a young age. And if you look at each position, if you look at the average age of when a goal, when a player hits their peak, goaltending is not one that starts at around 22 or 25 years of age. It's when goaltenders are a little bit older, a little more experienced, have a little more games under their belt. I mean, this is obviously the case in point of, let's you know, early 80s with Patrick Waugh, early 90s with Eddie Belfour. But, I mean, you look at goaltenders, and it takes them five, six years to truly find their place. And Carter Hart, I mean, I'm not saying he's the answer. Philadelphia wants him to be the answer. But who leads that rush? Who leads that play in Philadelphia? You don't have Claude Giroux. Kevin Hayes now wears a Blues jersey. You're still paying Mike Richards money out of nowhere. And Nolan Patrick didn't climb up to what it was supposed to be. 
Jacob Voracek isn't there anymore. He's coaching with Yarmir Yager. Like, there's no talk about lack of identity. Team two is Philadelphia. And they are still rebuilding to what it is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. And I don't think they know. Um, New York Rangers. You know, they talked about that their last rebuild being one of the fastest rebuilds in recent memory. Still hasn't gotten them a Stanley Cup, but that's a team I could see going places. And fast. I mean, look at look at the goaltending. Number one, you have to have a good goaltender. Build from the back back to the front, right? Oh. <laughs> wow. Goaltending in New York, period. Islanders and Rangers, yep. two of the best damn goaltenders in this league. Yep. I'm surprised they signed so many veterans in the offseason on July 1st that they did based on what happened to them in the first round of the playoffs with New Jersey. They signed 11 players or eight players for 11 million bucks, one of those things. And all eight players combined have an average of like 700 games in them. These are names that have been pushed around, been in the league, lots of veteranship. Okay. Um, you, you re-signed uh, Lafreniere for a couple more years. You still got Fox and Truba on the back end, which I think is a great tandem in defense. I mean, Jacob Truba is a force to be reckoned with on the blue line. Say what you want to say about him. He is a great two-way defenseman. I still like him. That's why he's still behind me. Okay. In but, I mean, they are a playoff team. I think they are just expecting a little more out of their playoff run. And do they have enough in the tank for those veterans to continue after 82 or 84 games? Yeah, that's uh, – yeah. they say the Stanley Cup is the hardest, hardest trophy to win. you got to have some stamina. If you want to win the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't have that stamina. Find that extra little bit of adrenaline in you. Because you're going to need it. So let's go to the Atlantic Division. Uh, well, can't say real quick. There's a lot of teams here. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Big time loss. I mean, this is a huge loss for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And losing Andre Vasilevsky for 8 to 10 weeks. I mean, this is... Uh, for me, this is going to be the true test to see what Tampa is made of without the best goaltender in the world. Best goaltender in the world over the last five years. Absolutely. Vasilevsky's not dealing with a simple toe injury here. This is something that he has been obviously not hiding, but dealing with. And it's something that involves stress and strain based on his position. Let's not forget about their leader in the locker room and potentially on the ice still, perhaps on his way out in Steve Stamkos. I mean, as much as you're going to miss He's holding Vasilevsky, out, right? Yeah, as much as you have Vasilevsky missing for the first two months, Steve Stamkos is not sitting well with Tampa Bay organization. And you lost Patty Maroon. You lost some veterans there that have hoisted the cup with you a couple of years back. John Cooper might be in trouble. And... I kind of see him on the bubble four, five, four, six. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, this is the first year I I don't like the Lightning's chances at all. I don't even think they're a playoff team. I'm going to put it out there right now. The Tampa Bay Lightning will not be a playoff team. Now, Toronto. That's all I'm going to say. Toronto. <laughs> Paul Bissonette already saying this is a year for the Leafs. <laughs> I, I will give them this, though. At least they did get out of the first round, and they kind of, you know, uh, exercised their demons to a certain extent there. But if you're Toronto and you just gave Austin Matthews $13.25 million a year, you got to do something here, man. I mean, yeah. Winning around, whoop de do. Get to the Eastern Conference final or the Cup final, then talk to me. It's like they won the Stanley Cup when they won the first round. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, you got to keep your eye on the prize. And they didn't. From this is something that I heard. I forget who I heard this from, Theo, and I want your thoughts on this. They think Toronto did what they did at the deadline to just get out of the first round. That's it. Do you agree with that or no? Sure. Because where are they now? They didn't win a cup. They didn't improve their goaltending. They didn't improve their defense. And if anything, they created more animosity in the top six forwards by re-signing Austin Matthews to the highest contract. Well done. You have not secured any of your current or future assets by showing this card. They'll probably get to the playoffs. They'll probably win a round. But again, that's it. That's sad, man, because this is one of the most storied franchises in NHL history. And they can't even do anything to get past the second round. They are that's, going to that's awful, especially especially with how much talent is on this team. Sorry to cut you off, Theo. With how much freaking talent is on this team, it amazes me, man. It really does. But it's so much talent in the top six, you don't have any talent in the back end. And your backup goalie's driving a Zamboni. Sorry to say. You have not valued yep. the best Yeah, I would say so. Another team that I, I think they're going to go through some struggles, the Boston Bruins. You agree with that? I do. Uh, you're losing, I mean... Let's you know you did re-sign a couple of younger talents. Certainly not going to fill the skates of Patrice Bergeron. David Krejci is not the same as he was. I don't think he's coming back either. Your goaltenders are still there. Great goaltending squad. Absolutely, just got eight balled in the playoffs. And I'll be honest with you, I think Brad Marchant will do more licking than the number of wins they will have in the playoffs this season. 
And that does not mean he's going to lick 17 players, if you know what I mean. They ain't making the playoffs. That's another another prediction I made. The Boston Bruins do not make the playoffs. Their goaltending is too good not to make the playoffs. Doesn't matter if you can't score. Doesn't matter if you're getting older and can't keep up with today's game. That's just my opinion. They're going to have to keep up with this next, these next two, well, next three teams I'm going to talk about. First, the Buffalo Sabres. We saw what Tage Thompson did last year. I, I really like this team. I really do. I think this is the year they get to the playoffs. I think they're going to be, they're going to be bottom four. They will make the playoffs, but they're not going to be in the top four. And I think uh, I will see New Jersey higher than Buffalo only because they got more maturity and experience what they did last year. And I think Buffalo is ready to make a move, but they're not going to make that big of a move. I don't think they have the chemistry just yet. They're never going to get there. And when they do, it's going to be scary for the rest of the NHL. It will be scary. Uh, The the Detroit Red Wings. Rebuilding. That's all I got to say. Steve Eisenman still has some work to do, some pieces of the puzzle to put together. Um, You know, I think Dylan Larkin is going to be a good leader for several years still. But I think that story is going to get tired. Um, You know, Dylan Larkin could be the second coming of a Steve Eisenman playing his entire career with one franchise. Uh, But a lot of those early years Stevie Y was playing did not amount to much until the mid-90s. So if Dylan Larkin can handle that out and they still build, we might see some playoffs in the future, but not this year. The Florida Panthers. So the Florida Panthers, you know, they had the Jekyll and Hyde of the last two seasons and the last two playoffs. And I think they're going to continue to crescendo, meaning getting better this year. And I see them being one of the top two teams in the East. Okay. I I could see that too. Um, Two more teams, both rebuilding, but one has more of an upside than another. Uh, Let's go to the lower uh, upside in the Montreal Canadiens. I hope this team gets better soon. I really do, just for the sake of the NHL. I mean, not saying the NHL would fold at all. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it, the league's better when the Montreal Canadiens are good. Sure. I'm not going to disagree with that. But they have a lot more question marks than Yurov Slavkovsky and what they're going to do with him this year. Cole Caulfield as well. And there is such a generation. I'm going to say there's a generation gap here. Because there are some older players that just aren't, they're fizzling out. They're not doing what they needed to do to lead this team. And Montreal is going to be rebuilding for a lot longer than the next team you're going to mention, I think. The Ottawa Senators and uh, my favorite player in Vladimir Tarasenko goes to Ottawa. Um, This team has stockpiled some young talent. And I really like... uh, um, Brady Kachuk is the captain. I mean, this is this is a team that can go places pretty quick. Not saying this year, but no, not this year. No, no, there's too much talent. No, not this year. 
But I mean, you look at what they did in the last from two years ago to this past year, what they can do this year. They are definitely on the up and up. They are certainly moving in the right direction. Uh, some of their defensemen are, I mean, are coming on to play, especially Sanderson from UND. I think he's going to be a bigger stalwart this year. They fixed their goaltending issue, I think. And I know they got rid of, uh, what's his face, uh, Murray. And they moved him over to Toronto. Now there's Toronto's problem. But like you said, the addition of Tarasenko could help out Stutzley. And they've got more sandpaper in the front than people think. They're going to be a surprising team. Yeah, they're still going to have some bad losses, but they're going to have some interesting wins too. But they won't make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, they won't make the playoffs. But that'll be a fun team to watch. Let's go to the West. Certain Pacific Division, the Anaheim Ducks. Next. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Calgary love Anaheim. You know, Anaheim was one of my favorite teams growing up when I lived in L.A. Uh, they had an order. They had a structure. They had a regime. They had a program. They had good talent on the defensive side and the offensive side. I mean, how could you go wrong with Pronger, Niedermeyer, Korea, and Solani? They don't have that yet. They have the beginnings of McTavish and Zegers, who they just recently signed. Drysdale's on the back end there. Uh, Manson is still, or I think he's still there. But you've got a disgruntled goaltender and not much more talent outside of that. Not making the playoffs. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yep, not making playoffs. Uh, Calgary Flames. Interesting preseason so far, putting up a 10 spot. Uh, they did beat my Winnipeg Jets last week. You need to see Jonathan Huberto have a much better season. I mean, when you look at the the flip-flop of Kachuk to Huberto, uh, huge discrepancy. Um, as much as the Canadian media wants to say that, yeah, Huberto's on the up and up and he's going to have a better year. Of course he's going to have a better year. He was 55 points in the wrong way last year. Or 65 points in the wrong way. He put up 115 two seasons ago. Yeah, I get it. Probably not going to see 115 ever again. But the fact that Tachuk put up almost a bill and a bit for Florida last year and had a strong playoff run, you expect the same out of Jonathan Huberto. Now, did he get any help? Well, sort of. Not really. And... Jacob Markson is going to have a much better season between the pipes, I think. So I think Calgary could be a little bit better. Yeah, I think they will make the playoffs. I could see that. I could totally see that. How about the Edmonton Oilers? You know, Edmonton, much as you want to tell me Jack Campbell's doing great, he's playing leaps and bounds better than last year, it's still Jack Campbell. I mean, he is. I mean, I know, but it. But you also have Stuart Skinner, though. I mean, Stuart Skinner was pretty damn good last year when he played. Yeah. And how far did they get in the playoffs? Not far at all, but it's not about the goaltending. It's about their defense. We've all had questions about their defense. Uh, it's Darnell Nurson and everybody else. Uh, they, they can't seem to go out and get a defenseman or develop a defenseman. And you're right. Their, their defense outside of Darnell Nurse is subpar, way subpar. 
I think it could be one of the weaker groups of defense in the NHL Canadian side. I really do. Uh, but we all know I we're not going to say NHL, period. No, we're not. I'm not going to go that far. But when you talk about the Edmonton Oilers, you're not going to the Oilers game to watch the defense. There's a reason why you're going to an Oilers game, and it's because they had three forwards with 100 points last year, and you probably can see that again this year. So it could happen. Playoffs? But playoffs, yes. Uh, do I see him going to the conference final? No. Second round. Okay. How about the Los Angeles Kings? This team's going to be a high-flying team. This is going to be fun to watch in the Pacific Division. I think they win this division. You think so? Yeah. Okay. So you're okay you? with the... No, I don't. I think you've got an aging Kopitar and Dowdy. You've got some questions in the net. That, but those two guys, Kopitar and Dowdy, are big-time experience. Yeah. There aren't a lot of teams teams in this division, Theo, that you can sit there, maybe Vegas. But that's going to be their biggest, in terms of the number one spot in this division, that's going to be their biggest, uh, biggest hurdle. Because all these what? teams we've talked about, it's a big crapshoot. It's a big crapshoot. You have one, and then the rest are your three and fours. Yeah. You know, and I agree with you. I mean, who owns that locker room are the two players we just mentioned in Anze Kopitar and Drew Doughty. They own that locker room, and they're going to continue to own that locker room because of two things. One, they've been there. And two, if you don't believe in them, if you don't follow them, there's the door. And Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to find that out very quickly if he wants to consider himself one of these up-and-coming leaders for the LA Kings or if he's going to be a crybaby like Jeremy Roenick thinks and leave after two seasons. And who's going to be picking up that contract would be amazing. I think LA has definitely got some work to do. But again, like you mentioned, I think they, they have the best chance to face or to take over what Edmonton is trying to do. I can see LA and Edmonton fighting for the top spot. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that, but a team I'll talk about in a second, the Stanley cup champions would beg to differ on that, but let's, let's get through this first. Uh, the San Jose sharks rebuilding, but I don't know where the hell they're going. Rebuilding for sure. I mean, uh, they lost Timo Meyer. They lost Eric Carlson. They do not have goaltending. Prospects up the wazoo. Um, not make. I mean, it'll be between them and Anaheim. Who's going to finish on the bottom? I would agree with that. Let's just move on from that because there's not much really to be said. Uh, the Seattle Kraken, who had a really good second season last year in the NHL. Um, you know, those playoff games and climate pledge were unbelievable. Um, I see them being a playoff team again this year. Um, I'm not saying cup contender. I'm saying playoff team. Wild card they could at be best, top yeah. three in this division. Wild card, wild card at best? Okay. 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 Hey, hey, me and you, hey, me and you can differ on these things. 
We are. And who knows? I could be right. And who knows? I could be way wrong. Okay. I just, I, you know, I have I, my hunches. We do. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a good thing that Seattle has a team, loads of veterans, hardworking blue collar kind of guys. That's what I like about what Ron Francis did. Um, they don't have to necessarily show the talent, but they need goal scores and they need solid middle play to really continue to win and get games. Wild card at best. Yeah. Okay. Vancouver Canucks rebuilding. Again, I, I've said this before, but don't know where the hell they're going either. You know, they've got some good pieces at net. Elias Peterson, Hughes, uh, you know, good young players still, but, you know, Brock Besser is a question mark right now. Doesn't know if he's coming or going. Uh, Thatcher Demko has shown signs of brilliance in the net, but, again, don't know if he's got enough stamina to keep going. Rebuilding, yes. The Vegas Golden Knights. You know, they'll probably find some sneaky way to put Mark Stone on LTIR or whatever and <laughs> figure somebody else out. You know. So I think that's cheating. They cheated to win the cup. They cheated to win the cup. You, you, you don't put Mark Stone. What? Let's just say they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. Let's just say they'll make the playoffs and they'll cheat doing it. Um, I'll save our teams to the end. Kind of like, it's weird. I have my Google Google standings up. It has the Blues and Jets with the last two spots. And there are no wins, no losses yet. Just Blues and Jets in that last two spots. So, might as well. And it's funny because they have the Coyotes <laughs> in first place without even playing the game. That's hilarious. Um, the Arizona Coyotes. They have a new arena deal, which I cannot believe they that even happened. Um, are they building anything that you're aware of? Like infrastructure arena-wise? No. And no, infra- infrastructure team-wise. Are they building anything that you, you know of? Like, I mean... I, I don't know what this team does year after year. All they do is take bloated contracts off of, off of other teams. What does that do for your team? They have been doing that, but at the same time, they got a couple of youngsters from the Edmonton Oil Kings, and they have Connor Geeky from Winnipeg, who was drafted last year, two year, yeah, two years, no, last year, two years ago, and both of the and both of those squads had some really good Mem Cup players. Um, again, a little bit of time for them to develop, and you know, Clinton Keller's okay. Goaltending is still going to be an issue. They're going to be a surprise. They'll they'll get some surprising wins but not enough to get into the playoffs. The Chicago Blackhawks. Again, rebuilding. I mean, as much as you want to tell me, Connor Bedard is a tremendous talent, of course, and how much he's acting like a professional, of course. He's been coached for the last four years. Let's be real here. You know, when you have a guy that's talented, he's not going to say the wrong thing in front of the media. He's going to do a great job in Chicago. I think... Um, you know, having Corey Perry there will help guide Connor Bedard a little bit, Taylor Hall at the same time. Uh, they'll be an interesting team, but I don't think they'll be in the playoffs. 
I would agree with you on that. Uh, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Gabriel Landeskog is not playing for a long time. Kiyamakar is now on the cover of NHL 24. Byron Boehm is not... I don't think he's skating with the team. I don't think he's quite there yet in his head. But Colorado has a lot of talent. And, you know, they're a playoff team. It all depends on how healthy they are come March. But if they are healthy come March, oh, watch out for that team. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, the Dallas Stars. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Dallas is a uh, Dallas is a good team top to bottom. I mean, Sagan and Ben are aging a little bit, but they've got uh, a couple of young stars and Hinsk as well as Robertson that are filling the net with pucks and assists. Ottinger is a phenom in the net. Um, I think if they give him a little bit of help, give him some rest, Dallas could win the Central Division. There's three teams that could win the Central Division. The Minnesota Wild. I think this is one of those teams that needs an identity. I don't know what they're doing. I, you know, losing um, Matt Dumba to Phoenix and that whole interchange that Bill Guerin's trying to do with Jared Spurgeon at the lead. I don't know what they're doing in Minnesota. I don't understand. I don't get it. Okay. They will be a thorn in players in team sides. They could sneak in as a wild card team, but I don't know. Okay. Uh, the Predators. Oh, what they did to get O'Reilly and still have Yossi haven't fixed the net issue. Um, again, a bubble team. Could potentially make a playoff run. Barry Trotz at the helm at GM will be interesting because he was the coach previously. Now he's back as the interim GM. I think uh, he'll bring back some stature into that company, into that program. Okay. Let's go your team first. The Winnipeg Jets. It'll be hard. It'll be interesting. I mean, the, the rumblings here are health. Nick Ehlers, Cole Perfetti. I mean, Nick Ehlers hasn't had – we talked about some baseball players not having healthy seasons. Nick Ehlers hasn't had a healthy season in the last three years. He's missed a considerable amount of games. Cole Perfetti, since he's come into the NHL, has been undersized. We have two players that are on last-year deals that are superstars in any team in Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley. But you've got a Lady Bing winner in Connor We Trust, Kyle Connor, and you've picked up three players for a disgruntled sentiment that didn't want to be in Winnipeg that are filling three great spots in the roster. Last but not least, you finally solidified a captain who is a blue-collar, hardworking player and I think will lead this team with Josh Morrissey on the back end. I've told you before, and I'll say it again, I think the Winnipeg Jets defense is the one of the better defensive programs 
in all of the NHL if they can play to their potential. Now, I will say that Nate Schmidt is overpaid. Pionk and DeMello did not have great seasons last year. Brandon Dillon should be playing like a bigger person. Logan Stanley is on a one-year deal that will want to make a lot more money, so he has plenty to prove. Dylan Sandberg and Billy Hanela uh, on the back end at 7 and 8. They have got players, and they have got great defense in front of Connor Hellebuck, the Vesna goaltender, perennial top five goaltender, and a recent Stanley Cup winner in Laurent Brossois, who backs him up. So you've got really good pieces in play. You've got your superstars in play. You've just got to stay healthy. Okay. All right. Well, we shall see what happens in Winnipeg. Let's go to the final team here, and that's the St. Louis Blues. Um, didn't do much in the offseason. You did go out and get Kevin Hayes. Uh, Tori Krug was to be in that trade, but really he didn't want to be in Philadelphia. And let's be honest, who wants to be in Philadelphia? Um, the biggest question for me, well, two big questions. Obviously goaltending, because you don't know what kind of uh, where he is in his headspace, and who when I say he, I mean Jordan Bennington. Uh, if you have a Jordan Bennington that's locked in, he's among one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. When he's not, he's going to have an eight eighty five, eight ninety save percentage, and that's not nowhere good enough. And then the defense. There's a reason you fired um, Mike Van Ryan. Uh, Hired a new defensive coach. I mean, these guys, these guys went to the playoffs last season, not last season, but the season before. So there's no excuse. These guys are good enough. And another big question: I tell defense and goaltending are the biggest ones, but the right under it, how are Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas going to perform in their first season of their big time deals? That that's going to be. The telltale sign of where the St. Louis Blues go this year. How, how high or how low they will fall. Um, they named the best guy they could for captain in Braden Shen. He was the only choice, in my opinion, to uh, be captain, captain of this team. I think this is a playoff team, man. I mean, I look, obviously I want them to be better than last year, but just looking at this roster and if they're coached right, man, this looks like a hell of a team. Am I too high on them, Theo? <laughs> no, you brought up you brought up some valid points with Kairou and Thomas in their first year of being able to do that much pressure and that much money. I think Kevin Hayes is a huge pickup in the middle. I think he's really can be one of those guys that moves people around. He plays a solid 200-foot game. You're not going to get 60, 70 points out of him. But if you get that plus minus and you get that solid body in the middle, he's going to do good things. The Jordan Bennington snare, he's got to get his emotions in check. Absolutely. Uh, and your buddy, I mean, let's be honest. Tory Krug and Colton Pareko are probably the two most overpaid defensemen right now, and you have them both on St. Louis. And one wants to figure skate and one doesn't want to play. Uh, so if they can get their headspace into the right mentality as head coach, for Ruby, yeah, they can make a playoff run. I was watching something on YouTube. I don't know if you watched the 32 and 32 um, series, I guess the NHL is doing on their YouTube channel. 
Um, basically what someone said on there is the blues are trying to do something that's very hard to do and it's rebuild on the fly. Would you call this a rebuild on the fly situation? I mean, no, I don't like that. I don't like that phrase, that term. Um, because every year you want to be competing for a Stanley cup. And yeah, there are teams out there that certainly will not compete. But when you have certain pieces involved and you're only three years removed from a Stanley Cup win, yeah, I mean, you're not rebuilding whatsoever. You're retooling. You've got players in the right position that should compete and should be ready to move after 82 games into a playoff run. So I wouldn't call it a rebuild on the fly. I don't like that phrase at all. I don't think St. Louis is in that position whatsoever. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Before we get out of here, Theo, uh, who is your Stanley Cup final? And who wins it? Might as well do this. We uh, You always see prediction shows doing this, so come on. Oh, my. Florida? I'm going to go – I don't want to say Edmonton. I'm going to say Florida, Colorado. I'm going to say Carolina, Colorado. Okay. I really like what Carolina is doing. So, Theo, before we get out of here, do you have anything? Happy Thanksgiving to everybody north of the border. We get to enjoy a little bit of gobble-gobble this Monday. A day off, which will be nice. Uh, so, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Congratulations on the beginning of the season. Good luck to all the teams. And uh, you know what? I can't I can't say anything more than the Chargers having a bye week, which will be nice. So I don't have to worry about losing or watching Brandon Staley make stupid decisions. How about that? There, I give thanks. Well, yes, you saw one head coach make a dumb decision in the last couple of days. Again, I'm not going to bring it up. But you know what I'm talking about. For Theo, I'm Joe. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. I knew Theo was going to chime in on that. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Until next time, have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend, everyone.